Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T, to my bed crimers. Hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Do me a favor, if after watching the video you find you enjoyed it or you learned something, smash that like button and please consider subscribing. And if you want to support the work I do, please consider a membership. I keep the price really low, $1.99 a month. Hey, that's much less than even one drink from Starbucks. Now, without further ado, let's dig in. Dan Markell's ex-wife, Wendy Adelson, is an attorney by trade. She's also a former contestant on The Weakest Link, a novelist, and a self-described contortionist. At least that's what her bio on Amazon says. Now, I'm assuming by contortionist, Wendy is referring to being exceptionally flexible when it comes to her body, but I can't help thinking that this could be her also unconsciously leaking some truth that maybe isn't so flattering, and that truth is that she's able to present very convincing false facades. Another way to put it, she's really good at faking feelings and manipulating other people. Here are examples of Wendy's superpowers, which are her ability to manipulate and deceive. Dan Markell's mother, Ruth, said that Wendy, when the Markells first met her, presented herself as a loving, kind, and warm woman. There were no signs of someone who would later become cruel and vindictive. When Wendy was secretly planning to move out of the marital home in Tallahassee, Florida, while Dan was away in New York City, Wendy was simultaneously planning Dan's 40th birthday party, a party that she knew she was not going to be attending for a man she no longer could stand. And contrary to popular belief, Dan did not see this coming. That's why he described it as his Pearl Harbor, a surprise attack. Wendy had to have been very sneaky when she and her parents were planning this move, because Dan had no clue. Hearing how Wendy didn't ask her parents about how her brother Charlie was doing after he was found guilty, and she didn't drive to see her parents that day either to make sure that they were okay. I mean, she has said in court that she has a very good relationship with her parents. All of this makes me wonder if Wendy has been manipulating her parents and her brother Charlie for years especially when it comes to Dan Markell. She had to have been telling them how unhappy she was married to him and all the things that she said he did to make her miserable. I mean, who else could have gotten Donna and Charlie so stirred up in rage against Dan Markell? She had to have said some pretty bad things to get them to do whatever was necessary to get Dan permanently out of her life. She's the one who was in a passionless marriage, and she's the one who felt trapped in Tallahassee, and she's the one whose law career was in jeopardy because of Dan's accusations that she had been less than honest about money during their divorce. We know that Wendy has said things on the stand 
that really don't mesh with reality. For example, when she was pressed while on the stand about how she felt after her motion for relocation was denied, she responded that she was relieved. Everybody knows how much she hated Tallahassee, and she couldn't bear the thought of 16 more years of living there until her youngest child would turn 18. Wendy also fibbed about the state of her relationship with Dan in the weeks and months leading up to the murder. She said things were copacetic. We know things were not copacetic. She hated the guy, and she wanted him out of her life, and she didn't want to be trapped in Tallahassee because of Dan Markell. I've been trying not to believe that Wendy could have been acting as a puppet master for years, all in a bid to get Dan Markell out of her life without having to dirty her own hands. Someone had to have pushed Charlie, and maybe Donna too, to the edge of the cliff where it seemed like the only solution was to take the very drastic step of hiring hitmen and paying them to do Dan Markell in. I can't deny that Wendy displayed some very suspicious behavior before and after the crime. Examples include her treatment of Jeff Lacasse, a guy who looks so similar to Dan Markell that Wendy, perhaps, had hoped to trigger Danny when he saw Jeff. Wendy also filled Lacasse's head with thoughts of her brother Charlie, considering hiring a hitman to get rid of Markell. She had to have known that if Dan Markell was done in under suspicious circumstances, that Jeff Lacasse would, number one, be a suspect because he was her current boyfriend, and two, would have told the cops while he was there getting interrogated that Wendy once confidentially confessed that her brother Charlie had considered hiring hitmen. Let's remember that she's a trained lawyer. She had to have known that all these little breadcrumbs she was dropping were going to be shared with the police, especially by Lacasse, who seems to be a guy who lives on the straight and narrow. By the way, did you know that a few days before Dan's death, that Wendy had a discussion with her sons about death? Coincidence? Maybe. But when there are a lot of coincidences, you start to wonder. If she loves her sons, she maybe would have wanted to prepare them for Dan's soon-to-be sudden death. But of course, that would require her to also have pre-knowledge of the crime. According to an attorney who has a channel on YouTube called Mentor Lawyer, he was in the courtroom when Wendy was on the stand at Charlie's trial. And he said that when she was sitting there on the stand and there was a quiet moment, she took the time to look over to the jurors and make eye contact with each one and she even smiled at them. One lady apparently smiled back. This seems like a very manipulative move designed to get them to look at her and to see her as a kind, non-aggressive type of person. I mean, that's legal manipulation of the jurors 101. Try to connect with them. Try to bond with them. Try to create a positive impression. Also, during her police interrogation, Wendy talked about not washing her hands that day. She said she was embarrassed because she hadn't washed her hands. Now, because Dan was shot twice, whoever pulled the trigger 
would have had gunshot residue on their hands. Was this Wendy's way of making sure her unsullied hands would get tested for residue? We know she didn't pull the trigger. It was Sigfredo Garcia. And I do also wonder about her wearing that t-shirt with the owl on it. In some cultures, the owl is seen as a harbinger of death. Did Wendy maybe think that the Tallahassee cops were inbreds, like her brother Charlie said about the Tallahassee jurors? Was the owl on her shirt her own little dirty symbolic secret? Did she think she was the smartest person in the room and that nobody else would pick up on that symbol? Wendy also drove miles out of her way that day to get to a liquor store near her old home on Trescott Drive, which was also the crime scene. Once at the liquor store, she picked out a bottle of bourbon by a brand spelled B-U-L-L-I-E-T, bullet. Is that another little inside joke that Wendy had with herself? Is it just a coincidence that Dan ended up with one bullet lodged in his brain? Wendy also promised investigators that she'd be in town for an interview the day after Dan's memorial service. Parents did the same thing. They told the investigators that they were willing to speak with them after the memorial service, but then they took off for Miami. I'm telling you the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. During Wendy's five-hour interrogation, she asked the police to have her friend Jane. It just so happens that Wendy and Jane had taken a walk together earlier in the week, and during that walk, they talked about Wendy's unhappiness with Jeff, that Jeff was turning out to be a very jealous guy, and that she was seriously reevaluating their relationship. And she also told Jane that she and Jeff were taking a week off to think about things. So, of course, Jane comes to the police station, and over the course of a few minutes, Wendy looks at her and asks her, who would have done this? And of course, Jane, who had just had that conversation with Wendy, well, the first person who comes to her mind is Jeff Lacasse, the really jealous Jeff Lacasse, who is also very upset at the time over the breakup. By the way, Ruth Markell wrote that Danny did read Wendy's novel, and despite him likely seeing himself portrayed in the novel, he still tried to promote the book on his blog. So if Ruth is right that Danny did read the novel, then that's another lie that Wendy has been telling. I have to wonder if Wendy could have been planning the perfect crime for a very long time. Perhaps during those absences when she was home alone in Tallahassee taking care of the kids and the house and Dan was away in places like New York doing business, giving talks, making a name for himself, and garnering a reputation as a brilliant legal scholar. I also wonder if Wendy resented Donna because Donna was the person who helped her pick out Dan Markell on J-Date. Did Wendy maybe get sick of how controlling her mother was? Maybe how pushy she was? For reasons like this, that Wendy was so quick to throw her parents and her brother Charlie under the bus when investigators were asking, was there anyone who didn't like Dan? Can you think of anyone who would have wanted to hurt him? Let's not have any illusions about Wendy Adelson. She's smart. She knows how to win people over. 
Remember, Jeff Lacoste described her as being very charismatic, and he also felt that she had him under some sort of spell. The big mistake Wendy made was not realizing how Dan Markell's death would mesmerize the true crime community and make them analyze her every move. Wendy likely had no clue her cruel treatment of the Markells would come out publicly and crack the facade she tried so hard to keep up, that of a successful lawyer, novelist, a loving, devoted parent to her fatherless sons, a good daughter, caring sister to Charlie, and yes, also a good contortionist. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Children, yeah. I'm sure she would do that anyway. Yeah, I, I wonder if it would be better if she didn't know. Like really? if you, it's, I fine. mean, just so that she, like she's, because she's going to be that, like, what if she can't then drive and go get the boys? Like, okay, but um, let me just say to you, I didn't know anything when I came here. So my husband Googles and says there was a shooting on Trescott Drive this I morning. Got, I got a call so, from my um, like real estate agent who heard something. So I know that I didn't know why I was coming here, but anybody with more sense would have known that. John told you that? Yes. When you told him you were coming here? Or? No, he, they, they, they found John. They, mm -hmm. Interestingly, they found John's cell phone number. They found me eating lunch. I, I don't know how that happened. I'm fascinated still. <laughs> and they, yeah, it's interesting. So you called my, they got my husband's cell phone, and he's like, here, here she is. You know, talk to her. And they said, you needed me at the police department, so I came. Right. It was not a... What did you think I needed you for? I wasn't thinking it was good news, but I didn't, you know, I, um, I, my thought was that Danny had probably assaulted you. That was my thought. I think that was Lisa's thought when she's like, I heard there was a shot on Trescott, so, and so I hope you're okay. So that... Realtor. Yeah. So that was my, you know, I, but this scenario, which is now not seeming real to me, yeah. didn't well, seem me like that didn't, was not what I, Meaning what I thought kept, of. I just keep picturing the kids. Um, right. No. So there's no point in doing that. Don't do that. Um... So when we, Lynn gets here, I'm going to just ask her to take the kids to her house. Is that would that instead be instead of reasons? my house? I think Wouldn't that's that be much more better. Reasonable? Is that better? She has a TV. We'll be they can watch yeah, TV. Yeah, I know, but but yes. they've been there before. A bunch. Yeah, yeah they're very there. comfortable there. Take they have children there. of their own. They've got four kids. They're grown, but um, take okay. them there. Take okay. Them there. Okay. Yeah. Right, I'm going to go make sure that I don't miss her. Okay. Thank you. Lynn Grossman, right? Mm -hmm. This is Sarah, by the way. Hi, Sarah. Are you a victim advocate? I am. I said you used to be a victim advocate. Was I That's not true. Not yeah, sure. I've done lots of stuff like that. <laughs> I recognize your name, and then she explained. What's your name? Latour. I've only been here about two and a half years. So. I am losing my shit. <laughs> well, that would be appropriate. I think you should do that. I think if you don't do that, then that's Jane, not right. Who would have done this? And are they going to come after my kids? Or me? Who's next? Is Jeff this much of a lunatic? I don't even think of Jeff. I hope to God not. May I ask who Jeff is? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think you should. I think that that... It, Wendy's been seeing a guy called Jeff. Who's a friend of Jane's. Um, and... Who's jealous. Yeah. 
Are you still currently seeing him, or just something you kind of <sighs> let taper off? It's been a bad week. Okay. Yeah, Jane and I actually went for a walk together Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> Early this week. Earlier this week. But you've taken a week, one week break. From I took job. a one week break from communication with Jeff to figure out what to do. Okay. Because we we've been dating for like nine months, ten months a year. Um, and when you use the word dating to you, is that that's my boyfriend or is it more of just dating like the casual okay. yeah. no like he was my boyfriend okay. and um involved with the kids and I mean yeah um and we had kind of a fight recently um and he's been trying to get back together and I didn't know if I wanted to and so I he actually the morning that I gave that talk my boys mm-hmm. were there and Jeff was watching them so I could give the talk like he's um Jane, do you think he would? I have to tell them about him. I, I think guess. you have to tell them yeah. about him because that is the only, I mean, comfortable. The only thing that I can imagine related to you, related to Danny, would be the only dry. thing I could come up with was like his girlfriend Amy is recently divorced, separated, not really sure. Like, sure. So the, what either if, of those people, like the jealous boyfriend types, like what if the ex-husband? Right. 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 Totally. And you know that this divorce has been very stressful, and Jeff has been very stressed out by the stressfulness of your divorce. Um, you know, it. I mean, what am I? I mean, I'll tell them this, right? Like, can you tell? Mm-hmm. Them? And when he get when does your ice comes back, and you guys can just you know say, and he'll ask all the questions that investigators ask that I don't think of very often because I'm a victim advocate and I don't think about. Right. Right. I think you do have to tell about mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I wasn't. You weren't not telling on purpose. No, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. 